Hi guys, we're getting back into posting all of our original episodes in podcast format. Here we have our episode 5, which originally aired on March 19th, 2022. And Tim and I were joined by Randall Armstrong, who's out of Tampa. And he's got a lot of experience operating physical comic stores, his own online store. He has a great with CBSC, and we talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about uh, his experiences and seeing the Holy Grail Action Comics number one. And just a bunch of stuff. It was a great episode. And Randall has since joined Tim on a couple of uh, solo episodes. Um, so it's a great talk, and we uh, hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Chasing Collectibles Catch-Up. I'm Tyler. I'm Tim. And with us today, we have a very special guest, uh, Randall. Uh, Tim, why don't you tell us a little bit about our guest we have with us today? Um, <clears throat> Randall's a friend of mine who I had met on Facebook a few years ago in one of our, our geek groups. And um, Randall is, is big into a number of pop culture things, but mostly comic books and DC. Uh, he has, you know, a good amount of knowledge and, and things that he can share with us, you know, and, and I thank him for being on with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me here. Tyler, you want to? Uh... Yeah, we'll jump. We'll jump right in. Um, so uh, basically, how we always start with any of our folks that are involved in comics is how did you first get the comic book bug? Well, you know, um, as a kid, like, you know, one of the major influences was the Christopher Reeve Superman film, you know, and I think you know, kind of like being exposed to a, an icon, like a character like that, you know, you, you start to see other characters through film, television, cartoons. And then eventually, um, I think, you know, I was just such a fan of Superman at that point that I thought, you know what, I should check out the comics. I originally wanted to start when they were doing the Death of Superman story arc, but my mom said no. I was, she was already buying me Goosebump books. So I was just like, ah. Uh, but then a few years later, and I actually have this here to show off. Um, it was actually the good old uh, Wizard magazine. Ah, uh, cool. They started doing the Electrical Blue Superman story arc. I was very intrigued by it. Like it caught the corner of my eye at this gas station. And I thought to myself, like, wow, this is a cool look, you know, like uh, new powers, new look. I was intrigued. I, I wanted to know more about it. Um, and so I remember mentioning to my dad about it and he went and he managed to find like a copy of it. And then I kind of just started reading comics at that point. I started just started with Superman. And but thanks to Wizard Magazine, I, you know, there were days where I got bored and I would flip through the magazine and actually read it instead of looking at the pictures. And uh, so as, as I was reading the articles, I was actually learning and I was, you know, being educated on like other comics, other series. So I started picking up more Wizard Magazines and obviously they would do like promotions and talking about like what stories are coming out. So, uh, so huge, huge thanks to Wizard Magazine, even though they're not around anymore. <laughs> yeah. But uh, huge thanks to them is like what helped me really get into uh, collecting other comic books. But of course, Superman being the inspiration. Yeah, I, I really, uh, growing up too, I mean, Wizard was really helpful to me, you know, before the age of uh, the internet with uh, getting a lot of information on conventions, oh, yeah. uh, uh, anything that's going on with uh, artists and writers, um, you know, news on, on anything happening on Marvel and DC, and, and then, you know, the big launch of Image, all that stuff, I, I learned so much from, from those magazines. I, I love the wizard. Uh, just a question though. So, I mean, you start with Superman. Do you have a favorite hero now that, that you, you gravitate to and, and somebody, um, you know, for, for, for whatever reason that yeah. you gravitate to him? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, just first being exposed to Superman, like, I've always I felt like I've had a connection with that character. So he still is my like very top uh, favorite superhero. But I, I also realized because of like so many different books, publishers, universes, I think the fair thing to do was to basically break down like, you know, at least 
top two favorite over at DC and top two mm-hmm. favorite over at Marvel. Um, so like obviously Superman and uh, growing up as a kid, I've always been infatuated with the color green. Like green was like my favorite color. So I was naturally drawn to Green Lantern. And, uh, and I was picking up Green Lantern back when Kyle Rayner was Green Lantern. So this was after the whole uh, Hal Jordan uh, becoming parallax and then, uh, you know, going crazy and then sacrificing himself and dying, all that, all those great stories. And then for Marvel, um, I really related to Peter Parker, you know, like I really I related to Spider-Man, you know, he's your everyday kind of superhero he was like the kid that got picked on and then he got powers and then, you know, just growing up with those powers and, and, uh, you know, like he had real, you know, real world problems, you know, like he had trouble paying his rent, you know, he had, you know, responsibilities. And like the sad thing is he's out there trying to help people, save people. He's literally trying to do good stuff, good things. And yet bad things happen to him. And I, I can very much relate to that. Like, I, I consider myself like a really nice person, good person. It's that age old question, like, why do bad things happen to good people, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was the biggest thing that I connected with, with Peter Parker. And, um, and then I think my second favorite superhero for Marvel, um, Captain America, you know? Uh, there's just something about Captain America. Like, I think that kind of like, is very close to like Superman, the whole leader you know or leadership values morals um you know just the confidence and then just wanting to do good you know so i was kind of just drawn to that you know and um you know it was neck and neck with wolverine (laughs) you know i i did like wolverine also but i felt like wolverine very much like batman it was just like almost everybody's like favorite superhero yeah Yeah, i'll go ahead tim i i feel like like wolverine is is almost like um he's to me he's almost like uh like the magneto of the x-men you know he just does whatever he has to do to to get the job done you know he gets his hands dirty when he has to get them dirty and yeah yeah i mean that's that was i think the he was the rebel right he was the i'm a good guy but i'm not going to follow the rules i'll break the rules and do what it takes to i'll do it my way you know like i'm not gonna you know and that's why i think that's why the relationship between him and cyclops was always great because cyclops was always very by the book and Mm -hmm. wolverine wasn't yet they were both on the same team and having to work together you know and that that conflict you know and uh, i think it makes it for for fun for fun storytelling yeah 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 we definitely and then they also had gene in the mix of them yeah the love triangle (laughs) Well, I, I think what's great about some of the characters you mentioned, and, and we all love comics and the superpowers are, are great and all that, but I think what makes superheroes so great is that they really show us like the best of what we'd like to see in ourselves and what inspires us. You know, all the characters you mentioned, um, you know, all have traits that are admirable and uh, people can look up to. Um, I agree. So, you, you know, you know, Peter Parker's powers are cool and, you know, Captain America's strength is cool, but I mean, the, the, the core is like the character themselves. Um, that makes them so relatable and, and inspiring to yeah. so many people. They're definitely their origins and like what drives them, what motivates them. And I think the the struggle that, you know, as as time passes, you know, we go through different time periods because these are characters that were created like, you know, like Spider-Man was in the 60s. Captain America was obviously in World War II era. Um, so like they're always having to retcon or update these characters, you know, and as, as we evolve, as like society changes and how we look at things and do things, sometimes it can be hard to relate to those characters because they, they're at this point a different time period. So you kind of always have to evolve those characters so you can keep relating to them, you know, and that's, that can definitely be a challenge or a struggle for some writers, especially writers who maybe personally don't even connect with the character, but maybe they just came up with an idea that they wanted to, to try out. Right. Well, Speaking of like challenges and things evolving over time, um, I know you work for a you know manage manage a comic book store, and comic the comic book industry is really something that's changed over the years. To you know, comic book stores originally you know in the seventies and eighties and nineties were like uh, I don't want to say the actual word I'd like to use for this, but people would say you know they were like basements, you know they were all these dark <laughs> and all this stuff, and then you know, they become a little more hip and sleek, but there are also, we've heard lots of stories of comic book stores that are struggling to stay open. You know, I know the one that we used to work at uh, ended up closing um, for, for a couple of different reasons, but because it's hard to, 
to get people to, to come in. Uh, and, you know, the movies are great, but, you know, that often doesn't translate to, to book buyers. Um, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, you know, what it's like managing a store and, you know, if you could touch on some of those challenges. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 100%. It's, you know, it's for people who haven't personally experienced running a comic book store, because I know like there's this, this idea, this image that people have like, oh, I wish I, I had my own comic book store. And believe me, all those like fun ideas that you have, all the, the, um, the, you know, the, the, the fun, the, the, the camaraderie, the, all the things that you, you would enjoy that you think you would out of a comic book store, you would get that. But a lot of times people don't see like, it's still a business and there's still responsibilities and one of the biggest things I think many people are consistently stressed about is money, you know, and so that plays a huge factor, of course, you know, like you need to be profitable, you need to make money, you need to know how to run a business, uh, if you're to do all the fun things you want to do at a comic book store, you know, um, so some, you know, like people who work at a comic book store, they don't have to deal with all the business side of it, they're just being paid to do a job and work there, so they, they don't have that level of stress that they have to deal with. They just get to work and enjoy the experience. But the owners, those are, you know, it's, it's a lot of responsibility, a lot of stress on their shoulders, you know, and everybody's different. Everybody's raised differently. And education plays a huge role in like how people are going to operate and run their business, you know? So there's a lot of people out there that are financially illiterate. You know, they, they don't know how to budget. They don't know all these other things, but um, time and time again, they always say that, you know, um, when you experience it, when you, when you actually try and you go for it and you do it, like they say, most successful business owners, even their very first businesses that they run, you know, for the first time, second time, third time they fail. But what they do is they can, they try again and again and again, but what they do is they learn all the things that, uh, will benefit and help them out. So anything that, you know, they screwed up on any mistakes they made. They know not to do that the second or third time around, fourth time around. And so as you're learning from all those mistakes, as you're getting better, you eventually will have a successful business, you know? So, and I think the big thing is just learning how to deal with the stress. Now, as far as strategies on what comic book stores need, you know, um, nowadays, you know, so many things are online. Look at Amazon. Amazon is one of the, the uh, most successful companies, businesses, and they, the majority of all their business, they make online, you know? And so that's the thing is like a lot of store owners that went out of business, they had an old school way of doing business. They never adapted. They never knew how to learn new skills and, and add other things in order for them to continue profiting or, you know, better themselves. So eventually they just, they ran out, they ran out and uh, they closed up. Um, so yeah, in this case, like, you know, you need to be able to sell on eBay. You need to be able to get an online store. You need to be able to, social media is so huge in society now, you know, every, mostly almost everybody's using it, you know? And so you got to use that as well. If you're a business, you got to market yourself, advertise, let people know who you are, where you're at, you know? So there's just a lot of stuff. And so for people with the old school, way of thinking, it can be very overwhelming, you know? And so you have to be open-minded and you have to be patient and you have to just structure your life and get organized and sit down and say, okay, I'm going to spend one hour every day learning a new skill, learning this, and I'm going to apply that to better myself and better my business, you know? And and you'll see a lot of positive results. You see a lot of great results, you know? And, and there's nothing wrong with like failing, you know? Like I, as a young kid, I always had a fear of failure, but like, thanks to like social media, thanks to like, you know, people giving their advice, you know? That's the thing is like, if you're, or if you're willing to, and you're, you, you are able to take people's advice, you'll, you're educating yourself, you're bettering yourself, you know? And uh, you're putting yourself in that right mindset, you know? So like one of my favorite sayings, and I heard this from Will Smith of all people. Um, he said that um, failure is practice for success. And, you know, and so sometimes when you hear stuff like that, like it's like something clicks in your brain and it just, it opens up the way you see things 
and and they, and it gets you you know like excited like okay what can i work on what can i do you know yeah and i don't want to get too much down a rabbit hole but i uh you know you mentioned social media and, I, and i'm a, in my paying job i'm a teacher and when i hear about you know success and failure and all that you know my kids get very stressed out about stuff and sometimes they look at social media they see what other people are posting they're like ah oh, man i'm a failure and i'm like guys on social media yeah. people put their highlight reels you know people aren't putting the failures on there exactly. and uh you know you got you got to keep on trying you don't you don't see the 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 trying again and again on people's social media you see hey the success and the same with you know Absolutely. businesses you know the, i think what i would recommend and this guy has been really really great for social media and he's good for anybody whether you're a kid teen young adult old person doesn't matter the, the message that he sends out is it's for anyone and everyone to use uh, his name's gary v you know and so people will ask him his opinion and he's honest he's open but more importantly i think he tries to put out their positivity and so that's the thing is like it's so very easy for us to like get angry with ourselves or down talk ourselves you know and like there's even like little techniques also where like you know they talk about um like oh i, I you know i'm such an idiot today or oh i i you know i look like crap i look horrible or, oh you're a moron anything negative that you're saying out loud or saying to yourself that's another trick as well because it's like your body and your brain they don't know the difference mm -hmm. you know you know the difference but the subconscious all of that it doesn't know the difference so when it hears the the negativity when the negativity if you're taking that negativity and you're pointing it towards yourself there's a part of you that's listen you're basically teaching yourself to to uh be bad you know like to uh you're teaching yourself that you're not a good person when in fact you are a good person you know and it's like so like anything negative out loud that you're saying or doing towards yourself the the technique should be stop don't even say it you know uh positive affirmation they'll even say stuff like say something nice about yourself you know and then do it every day you know like to the point where like you start to actually believe it and then when you believe it you you feel better you know and that and it uh, it makes a world of difference. I I hear what you're saying, man. You know, I, I really like uh, what what you're what you're putting out right now. Thank you. Um, you know, as as we, you know, while you're uh, managing a, a comic book store, you know, chasing collectibles is is uh, trying to do a, a side business also. Oh yeah. Of, you know, of selling books uh, on top of you know trying to do educational videos and fun fun stuff with people yeah connecting with people absolutely like that that's a huge huge thing and i think that's great what you guys are doing so uh yeah i i, I hear you man really appreciate that um so moving moving on to to another uh question i know um you have done have, have done things with with variants variant covers comic books and things yes. like that. can you tell us a little bit how you got into that and what it is that you were doing yeah yeah um so what currently right now it's a it's a strange um dynamic um i have my own comic book business which i called it blank variant comics uh the reason i called it blank variant comics is because um i've noticed through the industry that you know they keep making blank covers which is great um the convention scene is very very popular and you have a lot of local artists that like people like to support you have local artists that they like to uh do commissions on blank covers you know so i put it in my mind that my goal down the road is to be the number one supplier of blank uh variant covers you know because you'll have some stores they'll order some covers they'll probably have like they'll order like 10 or 20 you know and eventually the goal is to sell them out but you're, I think down the road, you'll always have people, especially artists, that will look and, you know, want to get blank covers uh, for them to, to work on, you know, and when all these stores are out of stock, you know, so the goal is to financially do well enough to the point where I can have a huge amount of stock uh, for like, you know, years at a time, you know, like that would be the goal. But um, as far as variants go, um that's why the, the name of my business is blank variant comics um the variant business you know it's essentially like marvel dc any publisher that's printing more than one cover you know you have a wide variety of variants you have uh 
regular variants that are like normal cover price. Then you have um, retailer uh, incentive variants. Then you have store exclusive variants where basically stores will work with the publisher. Usually there is a rep that a store can contact and say, hey, I'm interested in doing an exclusive cover um, for my store, you know? So they, what they do is they coordinate through the, the rep and the rep basically feeds all the information. I've been told that they have like a list of artists that might be available that they would say, okay, you can use this artist, you know? And a lot of times they, you know, if you want to use your own artist, um, you probably have to talk more with the rep and work out a, a, a deal because there's like certain requirements, you know, like, you know, and then I think a lot of times the artist has to draw the cover and the cover has to be approved in order for them to do the store exclusive. Um, so it's a lot of, lot of uh, hoops to jump through. Um, I hope one day to, to do that. Uh, in fact, with the Electrical Blue Superman, I hope one day I can, I can get a, a variant right, on cool. a, a Superman book made for that or something, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Or, you know, and since my business is called Blank Variant Comics, I can just maybe get my own blank covers made, you know? Mm. Uh, I could always go that route. Now, the other thing that I do is I manage South Tampa Comics. Uh, I met a friend. Um, I, I became friends with him through a mutual friend. And, you know, I always strike up conversations with people. And I think my favorite thing is when I talk to strangers, you know, we, we, I think it's segues, right? Like we talk about the comic book films and then that kind of opens me up for the opportunity to ask them if they read any comic, mm -hmm. comic books, you know? And so sometimes they'll say, oh, I don't read any now, or I used to be back in the nineties. And then, you know, just back and forth with conversations. But the cool thing was uh, his name is Francisco del Toro Rios. A uh, very friendly guy, very nice guy, very successful businessman. You know, he's he's funding everything. Um, he pays for the rent. He pays me a paycheck. Uh, he orders the, you know, well, I order the product, but he pays for the product. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so he's investing into this mm -hmm. because this is something that he likes as well. Like he liked collecting comics from the 90s. So when we were talking, uh, he just started asking me all kinds of questions. Like, you know, what do you have to do to, to get a comic book store? Like, what are all these things, you know, like that you would need or, or is required, you know? And uh, thankfully, these were just like things that little by little over the years I learned, you know, because this isn't my first time running a comic book business. Um, five, six years ago, I created a comic book store and it was called Thunder Road Comics. And um, it, it was just one of those, like, I got into an argument with a, uh, the manager from demolition comics and uh he basically just out of nowhere was just like you think it's easy running a comic book store and he's like man you know he's like i dare you to open your own store you wouldn't last three months and you gotta uh, open one that's that's that stuck in the back <laughs> of my head and then i i got with a friend of mine who directed me to get information and i kind of just took the plunge and i went and i, I started the store um i found a place that was literally the size of a bedroom and uh, that, and it, but it was a retail location spot, you know. So like, with Diamond Distributors, there's only two ways you can get a uh, an account with them to to sell comics. Um, you either have to have a physical retail location, or you had to have a website. And so I found a place for like three hundred and fifty dollars a month, wow. and uh, I was like, cool. And I had a retail lo location, and I was able to set up a Diamond account, and. Uh, and the mistake I, I learned from that first time running the business is get an accountant, <laughs> you know, and it, it is yeah. not easy trying to like keep all the receipts and, and do it all yourself. It's very, very frustrating. Um, so accountants are worth, if you have the money, they're worth it. Uh, it'll, their job is to make your job easier and make sure that you get to uh, legally stay in business. Hmm. So from what, from what I've gathered from Tim, and from talking to you so far, you're kind of like a comic book renaissance man because you you do this blank variant stuff. You've run some comic book stores, you collect, and also um, you have some experience with uh, grading. Um, yeah. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about um, uh, what that's like, because uh, I mean, we could do an entire episode, I'm sure, just on grading, <laughs> um, which maybe we could oh, one day. Sure. Like, as we're talking, I'm just like, we got to have Randall back on because this is your this is awesome. <laughs> Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Oh, there's a, there's a lot of stories. I was very thankful for the opportunity. Like 
and again, this came from having a, a comic book store. Um, I met a very nice gentleman by the name of David McPike, who ended up, he ended up starting his own comic book store called Pike's Comics. Um, you know, very smart guy, you know, he's very analytical. And anyways, he got to meet Steve Borok and became friends with Steve Borok, who is the president of CBCS Comics. And uh, he had mentioned like, you know, oh yeah, they're always looking to hire somebody. And so he like kind of vouched for me, like um, when things went south with my business and it was more for personal reasons, like a death in the family and it just became like very difficult to, to help family and do the business at the same time. So I had it in my mind that I could always start the business over again, you know? So in, within that moment, it was like family came first. Mm -hmm. And so when the store was given up, now I was in the process of like, okay, I need to find a job. And that's where David McPike came in. That's where CBCS Comics came in. They were located in St. Pete. Uh, I'm in South Tampa. So St. Pete, uh, they were downtown St. Pete. So with traffic, it was probably like a 45 minute at the most a one hour drive. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's still for that kind of an experience though. Oh, worth it. Totally yeah. worth it. Um, for that experience, it's totally worth it. Um, yeah, the commute after a while, it really gets to you you know, and it, and it has a negative effect on you, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just, just working there. I remember interviewing with Steve Borak, one of the nicest people. If you ever get a chance to meet with him, talk with him or, or even interview him, he is one of the nicest people ever, you know, like even if he wasn't a comic book person, you'd be like, wow, this guy's just super friendly to talk with, you know? And uh, he definitely loves comics. He's been doing it for a very long time. He originally, was a, a greater uh, and actually I think helped started uh, CGC um, and he left CGC and basically he was approached about running um, CBCS and you know they made him a really good offer and he took that. Wow. I, yeah. I heard I think I, I heard about him years ago from a buddy of mine back in Jersey he was telling me that that story. Oh yeah he, he was hands down my favorite person at CBCS. Like usually like when you, you're uh, you have an employer, or you have a boss, a lot of times they you have certain bosses that will act a certain way. And, you know, and a lot of times the the attitude, the clashing, like, you know, it's it's almost a common trope that, you know, people don't get along with their bosses, you know, and this was the opposite. You know, like I always wanted to hang out with Steve, you know, if I, you know, like he always told me too, like, Hey, if you ever want, if you have any questions, you know, you want to learn more about, cause there's different departments in the grading department. You have your modern graders and then you have your graders that handle all of the older books, like silver age, golden age books. Um, and so that's what Steve did, you know, like Steve and not to mention like golden age books, you know, older books like that, they are much, much more expensive. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, um, I happened to be there when someone submitted a action comics number one. Wow. Uh, I managed to get a, a picture of it, of me holding it. That's it awesome. was cool because like uh, the other grader, Wes, he knows I'm a huge Superman fan. And so we have this giant office where all the graders are all in one room. So that way, if we have any questions, like it's almost like an open forum. You can just, you know, yell across, not even yell across the room, but just talk across the room and be like, hey, Wes. Uh, I got a question about this, you know, and a lot of times he's like, all right, come over to the table. Um, but anyways, he, he said, Hey, he, he, he reached out to me. I'm sitting there grading or putting in notes and he's like, Hey, Randall, I got something here. I think you'd really like to see. I'm like, yeah. So I get up, I walk over there and there it is an action comics number one. Wow. And he looked at me and he's like, you want to, you want to hold it? And immediately I was just like, Oof. and I'm so, I'm already instantly scared that I'm going to drop it or damage this book. Oh my God. You know? It's like, <laughs> Yeah. It's like it was a 5.0, but it's just as good as a, at a four. <laughs> actually, actually, this book was in really great condition. In fact, I think it ended up getting graded at a 9.0 or 9.2. What? Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That's how great of a condition the book was in. And uh, I mean, as, as I was holding it and getting a picture with it, Wes turned and looked at me and he was like, don't drop this, man. <laughs> you know? so I'm like, I'm like yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, but yeah, I mean, just something holding like that and then at one point i think someone submitted an older like superman book i don't know if it was like a superman book or action comics but the the thing that um creators used to do back in the day was uh they never liked signing on the cover and then you know i don't even think you know 
sharpies existed back then either so like they were using pens they would just take a pen and then they would sign it um, but they didn't want to indent the covers so they would actually open up the book and write on the first page on the bottom and they would sign their name so there was an older superman book that was signed by joe schuster uh, so, you know, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, like, are the co-creators of Superman. Schuster was the artist. And the thing is, from what I heard, is that Schuster never did as many uh, signatures as Siegel. Like, if you, you can go on eBay right now and probably find a Jerry Siegel, you know, signed Superman comic. But you probably can't find a Joe Schuster comic signed, you yeah. know. And so <laughs> this person basically had it in their collection. And then there it was, Joe Schuster signed on the first page. Wow. And I just was like immediately jealous because I'm like, oh man, like, you know, like that's a hard to find signature, you know, and he had one, you know. And it's crazy. My gosh. Yeah. Holding the holy grail. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and and of course it's a goal of mine in life to to own a copy. Like I want to own every Superman comic that's existed. And uh so I know that obviously I'm gonna have to do a side hustle getting into real estate. And I'm going to have yeah. to like buy up a whole bunch of houses and then sell like 10 houses in, you know, one year. And then I'll have like a couple million dollars to buy a action comics number one, which I will probably lock up in a, uh, a bank, you know, yeah. and then just yeah. go and visit it. Like once private every security. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So CBCS cool. is like, a you know, but it's like any other job also, you know, so there, there's good, you know, there's ups and downs. Um, there's going to be people that you work at the job that you don't get along with. There's a lot of people there with a lot of different personalities. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad people. It just means that they're different and like everyone's not going to get along. Some people will clash, you know, because you have different senses of humor. You have different ways of communicating. And um, so I didn't always have the best time at CBCS uh, because that's just normal. That's like any other job, you know, like if you, if you have a job where you get along with everybody and everything's going great, consider yourself 100% blessed. Cause I, in my opinion, I think that's a, it's a huge rarity. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then one of the things too, was like, it was independently owned. So you had the owners who basically, you know, they, they, their other businesses had nothing to do with like comics and grading, you know? So this was like their first venture into it. And um, so they were thinking of ways like, okay, how are we going to make this business profitable? And their simple solution was, you guys need to grade these books faster, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's like, no, you know, like, and that's, I've always hated that in any business that you work at, uh, if there's like a quota, if they're expecting you to work at a certain pace or speed, um, half the time it doesn't work, you know? And, uh, and it's, it's, and this, that's because their simple solution is work faster. And yeah, because that's that, really not the that's really not the best solution. Yeah, you don't you don't get the same quality of that work. too. Absolutely, absolutely. I remember having a conversation with the manager, who told me, "Hey, um, you really need to bump up your numbers." You see, so I told him, "Listen, if I do that, I'm going to make way more mistakes, and I don't like making mistakes." You know, and his response was, "So you're telling me you can hit these numbers?" You know, and so in his mind, he's like, don't worry about making mistakes. That's what quality control is for. Quality control's job is to catch those mistakes. But same problem. If you have quality control having to work faster, they too are going to miss those mistakes. So yeah. that was just one of the, the issues I had working at CBCS. I, I got to the point where I just felt like I'm not hitting the numbers. So, you know, I got the impression like I'm going to get fired, you know. And I don't like getting fired. So I kind of just took it upon myself to put in my two weeks notice because I wanted to leave on good terms. And then yeah. the cool thing was I did briefly get to continue working with CBCS, but I worked as an independent contractor working at uh, conventions, which I, that's the thing I really liked doing the most. You know, you go to conventions, you're interacting with people, you're helping people, you're giving them information. People are basically asking about like, what's the difference between you and CGC? And they, they want to submit their books and get it graded, you know? And so doing all that stuff, I actually preferred doing that over grading just because there wasn't really a quota. It was more of a yeah. customer service type job, which I've always personally have, have, have uh, excelled at. You know, that's my preference of like, if I had to work retail, that's the type of job I want, you know? And uh, 
so that was fun it was fun like you know they paid for the hotel they give you money for your meals and then the great thing too is you if when you have downtime you can walk the convention and um you you know you have the opportunity like if i brought any books from for myself to get signed you know i get to meet people i get signatures i get pictures with them um so that's another thing i would like to figure out how to do is to just work conventions you know full time like that would be great you know so hopefully i'll get south tampa comics going well you know get the business running well to the point where we can hire people and then that could free me up and i can start investing and working in conventions because i don't mind traveling i would Mm -hmm. love to go to like every convention at least once in like in one year you know and uh yeah and then constantly, yes, I constantly, I'd be like, hey, Neil, the hair's looking great, you know, like, <laughs> which he has, honestly, in my opinion, he's got a great set of hair. And he actually admitted, he said that, you know, oh, uh, you know, not many people know this, but I cut my own hair, you know? And so I was like, you're doing a great job, Neil, because the hair looks great, you know? That's so Neil, too. That's like, that would be one of his responses. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Not only is he a skilled artist, he's a skilled barber of his own hair, you know? <laughs> Well, we're definitely gonna have you back at some point to do like just a deep dive on grading itself. Um, Cause I, yeah. if, if it was up to me, we just go down that route the rest of the night. Um, but I did want to make sure we touched on, um, so I know you, you have a personal collection and you mentioned, you know, seeing the goal being to have all Superman comics. Um, are there any, uh, I know you've got a large collection, but are there any books you can think of that you're particularly proud of to have in your collection? So, yeah, there's a couple I, off the top of my head. Um, so I, I've mentioned before, I'm a big Superman fan. And um, I have a friend of mine who does uh, private signings with like celebrities. Um, I, the name of his business, I believe, is called Official Picks. And uh, like, for example, he recently, within the past year, he had a private signing with the entire cast of Rocky. You know, wow. And like he had Sylvester Stallone, Dolph Lundgren, all the side actors, you know, I forget the actress who played his wife, um, you know, the, the guy that played her brother, you know, like you name it, you know, everyone that's still alive from the Rocky films, um, they were there for the private signing. And um, so he got a private signing because hands down, one of my favorite comic book films is Superman, the movie with Christopher Reeve, mm-hmm. Richard Donner. Um, obviously, I'm never going to get the opportunity to meet Christopher Reeve, I'm never going to get his signature. I mean, I might be able to buy a signature off of somebody and hopefully it's a legitimate signature. Um, but I started to like try and meet some of the actors. So I went to like, um, there's a, an event called Superman Celebration in uh, Metropolis, Illinois. And it's like on the edge of Kentucky and Illinois. And they do it every year in June. And in fact, this year they have Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum doing a signing there. And I'm just oh, like, ah, I wish I could be there, you know? Um, but, uh, I went the, I want to say 60, no, not 65th, 80, 80th or 85th anniversary of Superman. I think 85th. And, um, I went there and I got to meet Jeffrey East who played young Clark Kent in Superman, the movie. Uh, I met one of the actors who played, uh, of the three, uh, evil Kryptonians from like Superman one, Superman two. Uh, I got to meet, um, there's one actor who played like the actual baby the one that lifts up the the car Aaron Smolensky I think is his name I got to meet him he was super friendly and uh I think one other person and so I I got it in my head where I got like a blank cover of Action Comics 1000 and I said I'm going to try to get as many people who uh appeared in Superman the movie and get them to sign the book uh collect as many signatures as I can and um however my friend got a private signing with the legendary great Gene Hackman, who played Lex oh, Luthor on uh, Superman. And uh, he's obviously retired from acting. Um, he's at this point in his late 80s, early 90s. You know, So in my mind, I'm like, I don't know how much longer we're going to have Gene Hackman around. I may not have another opportunity to get his signature. So uh, my friend, he lives like in, like I think, Claremont, uh, Florida. So I drove all the way out there just to give him the blank cover. And then uh, he had the private signing and he had Gene Hackman sign it. And he wrote Gene Hackman, Lex Luthor, you know, and um, it, it ended up costing me 
basically, uh, whatever he was charging for his signature, I had to pay twice just because he put his name and he put Lex Luthor, which I figured it's worth it. You know, how many people are going to have an Action Comics 1000 blank cover signed by Gene Hackman and signed or, you know, signed Lex Luthor. And uh, because he also is, um, uh, he can submit to CGC, I got the book graded as well. So I got the yellow label on it to confirm like that's an authentic uh, Gene Hackman signature. So wow. that's one of my wow. all-time favorite books in my collection. Mm. Um, the other book is, um, you know, same thing with Stan Lee. I knew at some point Stan Lee was, you know, going to be gone and I wanted to make sure I got him to sign um, a really good Spider-Man book. So I, I, I would always watch and I love the, you know, the Sam Raimi trilogy. I love uh, Tobey Maguire. I think it's still, in my opinion, hands down the best Spider-Man um but like uh every time they did like a behind the scenes especially for spider-man 2 they always showed the comic amazing spider-man number 50 where spider-man quits you know spider-man no more and um so i thought to myself like that's the book i need to get you know because i think one day when i have a family when i have kids you know we'll probably watch that movie and we'll probably watch the the documentary on stan lee and they'll show that cover of that book and i get to turn to my you know son or daughter and i get to say i have that book and it's signed by stanley you know? mm -hmm. and um and so that's i managed to get that book signed by stanley i ended up buying a graded copy and got it cracked open because i wanted to make sure i had at least a good copy because there's other people that are selling copies of that book and you don't know exactly what kind of condition that book is in um so that's one of the great things about graded books is that you know that it's roughly whatever that grade is um, there's, you know, no missing pages. There's no, you know, unexpected damage to it, you know? Um, so had it cracked open. I think I spent like 850, maybe $900 for that book. Got it cracked mm -hmm. open, got it signed by Stan. And I think Stan at that point was charging like $110 for a signature. And then, um, now here's the best part. This is the, um, the cherry on top. Um, a couple years, no, four years later, maybe five years later, here in Tampa at a horror convention, Mr. Sam Raimi, director of the Spider-Man trilogy was there. And I got him oh, to sign that very same book. Mm, you know? wow. And I also got the opportunity to tell Sam straight to his face, like, you're still the best Spider-Man director. Like no other director has been able to top what he does. And what's great is like, I want, some part of me wants to believe this because when I saw him, it was before he signed on to do Doctor Strange. So, I, I kind of hope that when I saw him in line, he just thought to himself like, wow, there's, there's still people that really love my Spider-Man film. And, and, you know, maybe I should make another comic book film, you know, and, uh, and maybe that's, you know, you never know. You never I think, know. I think you're right. I, 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 I support the theory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So those are the, the top two books. And those are really unique too. That's oh yeah. Really, yeah. One of a kind. That, that's the goal yeah <laughs> all right so um i guess uh, another question is uh your store okay uh, as we're getting ready to start wrapping things up yeah uh where is your store currently and, and how can how can people you know support your store and and um that's a great question um yeah so our store is located here in tampa florida we are actually right by mcdill air force base um you can find us on google maps the, the name of the store that i'm managing is south tampa comics uh we don't have a website yet but we are on social media so we are on facebook we are on instagram we're on twitter twitter uh i'm still i need to manage my time better and finally maybe make a tiktok account because uh, I know that's the, the most popular social media the out there right now is TikTok. Um, and uh, so that's the goal. I want to make some funny, you know, sketch videos and help promote and just, you know, and connect with other. It's amazing how there's a, a, a nice number of um, comic book uh, collectors and fans already on TikTok. You know, so that's a that's a great uh, way to meet other people, talk with other people and, and, and build friends also. And um, but yeah. The, so the best way to support the store is um, you can find us on social media. You can like us. You can share us. Um, you can, uh, you know, eventually once we're like, because I like to post new books every week. So we actually had a gentleman from Wisconsin 
he saw a couple of the variants that I posted and immediately expressed interest. And he's like, hey, I'm interested in those two covers. And I was like, yeah, okay. You know, I, I told him how much it cost and like how much, you know, the shipping was and he was 100% in support of it. And so my goal is to wake up early tomorrow, make it to the post office and mail out his books before I get to the store. But, um, but yeah, I, I think the best way to support stores is just, you know, liking and sharing is the easiest thing you can do on social media, you know, and uh, I do that a lot, you know. Um, I see a lot of friends, a lot of people, even people who are artists and writers who do Kickstarters, you know, even if I don't have the money to support them, um, I'm still going to like the post. I'm still going to share it because the people within my circle, you never know, you know, it could be one person that's like, hey, this looks great. Like, I want to, you know, I want to support. I want to purchase this. I want to buy this, you know. Right. Uh, but, you know, and then just, you know, keep following us on social media. And as we keep growing and as we, um, you know, do sales, we do deals. And eventually, once we have a website set up or even an eBay account, you can purchase books from us, you know, and uh, and that's another great way of supporting. Well, that all sounds great. And we'll be sure when you post this to include links to all, uh, you know, all the website and such and social media and uh this has been a real joy randall we've really enjoyed having you like i said uh we got to have you on whether it's a talk about grading or or books and all that i feel like we could do several videos with you uh you have a uh, consider yourself an open invitation to come on again if you'd like fantastic i i love talking about comics in fact one of my goals in life is to convert half the people in the United States into liking comic books and reading comic books. You know, it's a, it's a major goal. I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to accomplish it, but I'm going to keep trying. You know know what, Randall, here's a a question that we can, you know, dive into even more uh, the next time around. Yeah. But uh, you know, just quickly, what's your favorite Batman movie? (laughs) Man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, You know, growing up as a kid, if I really had no choice but to choose one, ooh, actually, no, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. You know, like the, the Batman yeah. animated series is hands down um, the greatest uh, adaptation of Batman on film and television. And, um, you know, uh, a strong second for me, just because I grew up as a kid and I watched it over and over and over again, was Batman 1989. However, you know, I, I have to mention Christopher Nolan. I have to mention the, the Dark Knight trilogy Mm-hmm. um you know obviously the dark knight you know like some people look at that movie and they'll be like oh it's overhyped which i can agree with but you know excluding the the hype you can still recognize that you know it's a great film great performances great writing great directing mm-hmm. you know uh you don't get that very often in comic book films so right. I, I like to mention that movie but of course jack nicholson's one of the greatest actors ever you know so like for yeah. him to play the joker so much love goes to batman 1989 but once again batman the animated series with mark hamill mm-hmm. the legendary mark hamill is the joker like they are the quintessential like batman and and joker and and it's a uh, i'm very happy and very fortunate enough when i was a kid that i got to see that movie in the theater you know mm-hmm. and uh and just growing up watching that animated series it's just i'm so glad and i got to meet kevin conroy as well too you know nice. and uh is that very nice guy very tall too yeah <laughs> yeah because i mean Ty- tyler here he's he's a batman fan you know as you can see all the posters behind him oh yeah <laughs> yeah um, I, I, i've said it before i feel like batman should be like everybody's automatic favorite dc character yeah you know mm-hmm. just because like, he's, yeah he's just that popular <laughs> character like like he's not my personal favorite character but i can tell you that i've got probably hundreds maybe even thousands of batman comics in my collection <laughs> Yeah, because he's just a, a great character overall, very well written, very well drawn, you know, and they 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 generally get the best talent working on that character, you know. Yeah. Um, I would love it though if they could share that same love with all the other characters that DC has, you know, oh, yeah. crossing fingers one day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you notice that like like I, I forget how many titles DC has right now, but yeah, more than like, half of them are Batman. Uh, the Batman family, yeah. you know. Like We're I'm starting to, to notice uh, Nightwing is appearing in a lot of other books as well, too. Like it's like it's almost to the point where like now Nightwing might end up getting the same popularity as Batman. And so you'll see like 10 Batman books and you'll see 10 Nightwing books, you know, and it's like, you know, yeah, for, for, for the fans of those characters, 
I'm sure they're like, they want more. Like, give the market what it wants. Give the market what it wants. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I want more freedom fighters. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Or, like, I love stuff like that. Well, yeah, I mean, that's another dream of mine one day is to, to work for DC Comics. Even if I'm, I'm an editor or a writer, like, I would love to be able to play in that sandbox, you know, and contribute to the, um, to the, uh, the, the history and the future of DC, you know, to be a part of like that prestigious, uh, publisher, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as a Superman fan, I have to, my goal is to get one Superman story, you know, and, uh, and, uh, I love what Marvel did, uh, in the early 2000s when you had the ultimate universe. So if ever given the opportunity to work at DC, I'm going to want to create my own ultimate universe. I want my own yeah. continuity. I want to do a, a new, a reimagining, a modern telling of Superman, Batman, and all the other Justice League characters. You know, like um, so. But I mean, oftentimes I also think maybe I'll never get to work for DC. So whatever stories and ideas I have, uh, I should just create my own characters and maybe go right. through like Kickstarter and and build my own publishing line. Maybe you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just gotta find some good artists that are that are um, generous and humble and kind enough to, to work for lower than what they normally charge for their rates to, to get these books made, you know, like that would be really cool. Yeah. Oh, Oh, this has been great. We, uh, we have so much potential if you ever want to come back and um, you know, just any, any topic in the world, we, this or comic book world that is uh, be happy to talk with you about. Uh, but again, thank you so much for coming, Randall. We really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Like I always enjoy talking to people about comics. So this was fun, you know, and, uh, and I, I, I look forward to finding out what we're going to talk about next. So that's a yes. He's coming back folks. Yes. Oh, that's a definite. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, that, that's all we got. See you guys. All right. Thank you. All right. Yay. <laughs> Come-